Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast where it is geekery grab bag time. It's still just Void here without Beach. Beach hopefully will be back soon. He's resting. He's getting better slowly. Um, but I want to come here with a new episode because I know we've been dropping classic ones in the feed. And I just kind of have a smattering of, you know, these would be normally weekly geekery things, but I think I have enough of them that it constitutes a solo episode so we're gonna try it um before i get into that i did want to say that i saw the latest geek classics that bj put in the feed he started doing our final fantasy series which was like the end of season one and it's really interesting listening back to those because like i i'm experiencing it as a listener for the first time we had those conversations like four or five years ago at this point and I don't remember what we said, but I remember that like we were really happy with how those episodes turned out. And now I'm listening back and I find myself just nodding along being like, yeah, I agree. And, but I'm agreeing with myself, which feels really weird, but also hilarious to me. Um, so I hope you guys are enjoying those as they hit the feed. I actually really do like this Final Fantasy series. I think it's a three-parter, if I remember right. Um, but Beej will keep dropping those in on the weeks when I don't have enough to fill a solo episode. So probably the next week or two, you can expect those. I'm hoping to keep dropping ones like this every three weeks or so maybe two or three weeks we'll see how it goes um but hopefully bj won't be out for too much longer uh we'll see what happens that's the preamble let's get into some main topics which i don't really have one main topic but i have enough small thoughts around ios gaming that we'll call that our main topic for today even though it's kind of a smattering of geekery stuff so i wanted to talk about me going back and i've kind of been experimenting with like what do i want to be doing with ios gaming right now and I tried out a handful of games that um, I'd played in the past that either I didn't stick with or I stuck with for a long time, but then I've been away from for a year or two. So I gave like Super Mario Run another shot, uh, Mario Kart World Tour, Fire Emblem Heroes, and Fire Emblem Heroes is really the only one that made the cut that I haven't deleted since then. But then I I kind of was like, okay, what else is there here for iOS gaming? Because I haven't been keeping up with it as much as I had in the past. And what I found was this new controller peripheral thing called the Backbone One. And it it's super cool. It's basically um, a controller that's like a grip controller for your phone, but it just clamps on to the sides of your phone. And every one of the controllers I've played with in the past, I've always had like pairing issues or I've had, you know, you have to jump through hoops to make the Bluetooth connect. And it's like, where'd I put my controller? Or, you know, even with some of the grip ones, they just don't work well. This one actually like, hard line connects into your phone via a lightning port so it's ios only you know it's apple devices um but because it has that hard connection in it's seamless there's no lag there's no like connecting your controller via bluetooth and is it connected and oh it didn't pair right and all of those like pain points that i had in the past um once you know how to connect it, it takes like 10 seconds to like snap this thing onto your phone. And then you basically have like a handheld version of an iOS gaming device. And so I went down the path of trying out a handful of FPS games on iOS and I found them all kind of wanting, like they just didn't click with me. I don't really like the first person shooter genre on mobile because it's so free to play and it's so mobilized with like the, the business model. Um, it's not that the gameplay was bad. It's like the structure of the game and the decisions that they made around that kind of made me bounce from all of those so they didn't really click with me but then I went back and I looked at Apple Arcade which I hadn't looked at in a long time and Apple Arcade was it was kind of fascinating to just go into their selection of games that are compatible with a controller and I literally just downloaded all of them so I resubscribed to Apple Arcade to give this a shot and it was cool they all worked they all worked pretty well and I I played those for you know a week or two um 
and was happy with the controller, not super impressed with the games overall. There are a couple in there that are solid. Um, you know, like Sayonara Wild Hearts. I love that game. I own that on multiple places now, and I've always played it with a controller. Like, that controlled great. But outside of a couple of them, all of the ones that they say are compatible with controller, they just don't feel as good as a console game. Um, so I ended up staying subscribed to Apple Arcade because there's a bunch of new games in there that I just hadn't played yet. So I know I talked about Spire Blast last week. That's one of them. The other one that really hooked me was uh, Game of Thrones, Tale of Crows. And it's this choose your own adventure game with real-time atmospheric content. So it's like you are in the Game of Thrones world. You're at the wall. You're one of the brothers, um, one of the Night's Watch. And so it's it's like you're sending um, rangers out north of the wall to go on missions, and you're also getting responses from the kingdom south of the wall. And once you send the rangers out, and once you basically just like wait for the next thing to happen. And if you set up notifications on your phone, it happens every like I don't know, fifteen or twenty minutes. So it's this like slow, almost real time game. Um, not really real time, you know, it's kind of abstracted out a level from that, but you know, you're the Lord commander of the night's watch and you make all these decisions at castle black and decisions with the Rangers on missions as they send you Ravens and be like, what do I do? What should we keep doing? Um, it's really cool. I played through the entire game over the course of, I think it was like two, two and a half, three weeks. Um, and then you can cycle back around and play the whole thing again and diff- get different stories, choose different actions. I didn't do that. I had one really good playthrough that I was playing consistently every single day for like three weeks and I beat the game and I was like, that was super satisfying and I set it down there. Um, so that one I would highly recommend if you ever subscribe to Apple Arcade again, check out that Game of Thrones Tales of Crows. It's really good. And the other thing that's coming out soon is a new game from Mistwalker, which if you don't know Mistwalker, um, those are a bunch of the original people that made Final Fantasy. So like Final Fantasy 1 and then the ones up through 6-ish, some of 7 um, or even 8 and 9. But like most of the people who are at Mistwalker made Final Fantasy at one point or another. Um, and then that studio has kind of developed its own style. So they have a game coming out for Apple Arcade soon. And it looks really interesting. It's called, and I don't know how to pronounce this correct. It's like Fantasian or Fantasia. It looks like fantasy with like I-A-N at the end of it. Um, it's it's interesting because it's definitely a JRPG, but they made all of these like dioramas and real world models for the backgrounds of the levels. So they have like photorealistic images of these backgrounds or 3d scans of these backgrounds that look cool and then they have like what you would expect as like normal jrpg characters on top of them that you control so it has this unique look and feel to it which is what got my attention at first but then the thing that really got me interested was once they started talking about the battle system and how they made it compatible for ios so one of the complaints with random battles in jrpgs is that they make the game drag they really interfere when you want to just sit down for five or ten minutes and play through the game so what they've done from what i can tell it's all pre-release info but they created a system where you can wander through the dungeon or the open world and you can either have it in a mode where you get each random encounter as it shows up or you can flip it into this mode that like saves up the random encounters and it rolls them all together into like a tougher more interesting battle and you can just hold on to those for a while so if you have five minutes you want to open your phone and like go from point a to point b and do some of the dialogue in it you don't have to do any battles and then maybe you get home later and you're like oh i have some time now i want to sit down and just like okay i saved up 20 battles worth of content um it looked like you hit a button and it like rolls that into a battle that's more tricky but also more interesting and you can just like get 20 random battles 
battles worth of content done by doing one battle that takes more of your attention. So I'm extremely interested to see how that all comes together. Um, this is just me reading between the lines from like the pre-release coverage, but that's out on Apple Arcade and they haven't done an official release date, but they're saying soon and definitely this year. So I'll probably stay subscribed um, at least until that game comes out just because I'm so interested in it. And then the other thing that I landed on um, after kind of being you know, outside of a couple exceptions, um, kind of being disappointed with the control compatible games out on iOS is that Backbone supports, um, this Backbone One controller supports uh, streaming. So you can stream from your Xbox or your PlayStation and you can use the control of the Backbone One. So I downloaded the PlayStation streaming app again and hooked it up to my PS5 and it's amazing like it's it feels like for the right type of person this could be just like completely game-changing for how you play games because i'm lucky enough at this point that like my kids are old enough i usually have the tv free whenever i want it to like play a game so i can sit down with my ps5 or my switch or whatever like i'm one of the people that i play my switch docked almost all the time like i've probably played it 98 percent on my tv and two percent in handheld mode but there are people where that's the opposite is true they only ever play their switch when it's out of the dock right because they can fit a portable console into their life a lot better than an actual like docked console um and that was me when my kids were younger like i totally get that this turns your ios device into basically like a ps5 streaming device or xbox um i didn't test the xbox one but i've heard that it works just as well so the ps5 streaming is amazing um you know i had some mixed success with the ps4 streaming but the ps5 has been fantastic and it's just so cool that like I could be anywhere in my house connected to my internet and on my iOS device that's completely portable with this nice um, controller attachment, I can be playing a PS5 game. And I've done it a bunch of places just to experiment with it. And, you know, I think if I had super little kids or um, if there were more people in my house that needed the TV more often, I would be using this a lot. So I wanted to call it out here because I know tons of listeners out there have circumstances where they wish they could do more mobile gaming. And that's one of the things that prevents them from playing Xbox or PlayStation as much as they want to. This is 100% a viable option. You know, it feels extremely high quality. It almost reminds me of having like a Vita in my hands again, except I'm playing PS5 games instead of Vita games. Um, it's incredible. So all that to say, I'm kind of impressed with where Apple Arcade is at right now. I'm going to say subscribe for a little bit, but I'm more impressed by this Backbone One controller and like what it has done for my streaming experience on PlayStation. Um, let me know if you have any questions about that, because I'm happy to tell you what I've learned. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. You guys know I'm at, at GRN Mushroom on Twitter if you have any questions. Okay, that's kind of my main topic-ish about uh, mobile gaming. Um, before I get into the rest, don't forget we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent right to you. We also have a digital magazine called Press Start. That's where BJ is putting a lot of his time at the moment. And you can find that at patreon.com slash geek2geekcast if you want to support it and get access to it. With that being said, time for Weekly Geekery, where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. Um, 
I have a couple more quick hit things in here. So uh, Hitman 3, I'm still playing a lot of it, a lot of it. I don't know if I have more unique thoughts, but this is one of my favorite games of all time. I continue to absolutely love it. So at this point, I have platinumed Hitman 3, and now I'm going back through and I'm playing the Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 content packs because each of them, um, it's even better in the Hitman 3 engine, has all the improvements that have been brought backwards, which is impressive, but they also each have their own trophy set. So if I go through and I complete everything in this game, like everything in all the content packs, I could actually end up with three platinum trophies for Hitman 3, which seems kind of fitting. Um, as of right now, I have the one main one, but I might go back and end up getting more platinums on Hitman 3. I just, I love that game so much. I also gave uh, Persona 5 Strikers a shot. Um, I like parts of it. I like that it's an extension of the Persona 5 story, but I, I ultimately bounced. I really tried to want, like, I wanted to play this game. I wanted to like this game. Um, but it's missing too many of the things that I like about the core Persona games. And the combat isn't very interesting. And that's kind of what I came back to over and over, is that, you know, the parts that are there could make it more interesting um, if the combat comes together. But I played, like, six or eight hours of this game, and... Almost all the time, you can just ignore the mechanics of the combat. It's a Musou game, right? It feels very button mashy, and you can just button mash to win. And then the other thing I ran into is outside of boss battles, almost all of the other battles ended up being you would be able to ambush the, the enemy that you're fighting and then trigger an all-out attack and then instantly win the battle. And that's kind of what happened over and over to me. Um, so it just wasn't interesting. And so then most of your time becomes, well, wandering around the dungeon, finding the next guy that you're going to ambush and then instantly defeat. So the dungeons need to hold up as interesting areas to explore, and they just aren't. Like, the look and the feel is good, right? The style is there because Persona is so good at style. But that being said, like, the actual level design was annoying and not fun like um especially the first level or the first dungeon just seemed to go on forever and there was so much verticality to it and the map that they give you does not give you a good idea of like how to get up and down where you're supposed to go so the majority of my time in that dungeon was wandering and trying to figure out where to go next and that's just not it's not good gameplay it, like it wasn't fun just straight up and then the other big thing is that persona 5 strikers is completely missing social links and like free time during the day um all of the calendar based stuff that I just find oddly compelling about the Persona series like what am I going to do with my day now that I have free time who am I going to talk with which relationships am I going to build all of those kind of things um none of that is in this game at all so um I'll probably end up I don't know if I'll watch a video of the cutscenes of this game or if I'll just go read a summary but I do want to know what happens next in the Persona 5 story I don't want to know it enough to put up with the gameplay of this game so I ultimately put Persona 5 Strikers down um, I also went back and I watched Star Trek Discovery Season 2, which I think I've mentioned a couple times. I feel like I've been picking away at this one season of Star Trek Discovery, this Season 2, for like a year now because it hooked me for a little bit and then I completely fall off of it and then I eventually get back around to it, which is even sadder because it's only 14 episodes. It's not even like a 22 or 26 episode season. Like it's, it's 14 episodes. They're each about 40 minutes. Like you would think I could power through. So I finally did. And, um, you know, as I was slowly watching through it, I think I realized what is working for me in Discovery and what isn't. And the main character of Discovery is Michael Burnham. 
and there's nothing wrong with her as a character but the way the show is structured it leans into her being this like super special person in the star trek universe and no matter what there's this gravity to that character of michael burnham that the show cannot escape from and it's like every time the show becomes about her and she's a special person and everything comes back to like she has to do it the show gets less interesting Every time that it lets itself just be this ensemble show from Star Trek, it gets really good. So the whole middle part of season two of Discovery is awesome. Like, it's fantastic. Like, Captain Pike is there. He takes over as the new captain for this um, this season. And he honestly might be, like, this iteration of Captain Pike might be my favorite Star Trek captain ever. He's fantastic. Um, And then the show finally gets away from, like, all of the Klingon stuff that weighed it down in the first season. Um, And it gets a little bit more away from Michael as the core character, especially in the middle of the season two. And it's it's so good when it gives you time to have the rest of the ensemble of characters have episodes, which all the other Star Treks have been great at over time. And this one just didn't do it until halfway through the second season. So I feel it, I almost feel the opposite about discovery than what I feel about most TV shows. I really enjoy the like quote unquote filler episodes in discovery because they explore the crew and they give you this deep dive or like a a spinoff about, Um, what this particular person is and their history and you get to learn about them and it's all these different cultures and it's you know new life new civilizations all the things that star trek has been about historically um it's really good so i love those like filler episodes even though they kind of tie back into the meta narrative which is fine um but every time the episode becomes entirely about that meta narrative i go kind of meh like it's it's not great it's okay But the main storyline about like Michael and Spock and these time traveling and it all comes down to her and I just kind of whatever. Um, So it's weird, right? Um, It it does look like Captain Pike and Spock are not in season three, which makes me sad because Pike was probably my favorite part of this season. Um, But they are getting their own spinoff show that is a completely different show. Um, It's basically like the original Star Trek show. The original series um it's a prequel to that with captain pike as the captain of the enterprise before kirk shows up and with these two actors in those roles i'm so excited for that show it looks like they're going to take that enterprise prequel show and do exactly what i'm talking about i like from discovery but that's going to be the entire show where they go back out to do exploration and new life new civilizations and it's an ensemble cast where they can really just like kind of have a monster of the week but sci-fi and in the star trek world I'm so excited for that show. So Discovery, I'm mixed on. There are parts of it that are great. There are parts of it that are kind of meh, whatever. Um, But overall, it has gotten me more excited for Star Trek because I see the potential there for the future. So I wanted to kind of like put a bow on that after picking away at it for about a year. And then the last thing I wanted to mention here was WandaVision because I feel like I can't let that go by without mentioning it. Um, We should probably do a whole episode on that once BJ's back, so I'm not going to go deep here. But the first couple episodes of WandaVision, I bounced off of. I didn't bounce off of. I I was kind of like, I I wasn't sure. Um, I didn't know what to think, and I eventually got there. So by the time episode three came along, by the end of episode three, I was hooked. 
because you started to see more of the meta narrative and less of the sitcominess of it. And as the show has gone on along the season, it does this really good job of blending the meta narrative and the sitcom together. And when it does both and strikes both within an episode, that's when it's at its best. Um, it gets really good in the back half of the season. This is probably one of the coolest MCU things that they've done. And I really, really like it. So this was probably going to make my top five for end of the year for best of the rest. I don't know where it'll land on that list. Depends on how the rest of the year goes. But, you know, we're almost done with Q1 already. So the year's moving along, whether we want it to or not. Um, and WandaVision is fantastic. So if you've been holding off or if you've been unsure, like WandaVision is really good, especially if you can get past the first couple episodes. It gets amazing. Um, so I totally love it. That's probably it for this week. Uh, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. Um, we also have the Slack and the Discord. The Discord is really the place that's active these days. Uh, you can go to geek2geekmedia.com to get invites to those and get in right away as soon as you want to. Um, I blog at agreenmushroom.com. You can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. BJ is at Professor Beej on Twitter. He's still there and super active. Um, so if you want to talk to him while he's taking a break from talking, <laughs> that's a good place to reach out. But yeah, I've been Void with your Geek to Geek podcast for this week. I'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu.